1: I'm your host, Dori DiCarlo, and you know we are here week after week, show after show, breaking those myths that mompreneurs and business women, especially those of us building our businesses from home, that we're just dabbling in between bake sales and getting our nails done, we're not. We are smart, we are savvy, and we are sharing the wisdom of women in business and in life, and I am very excited about bringing today's guest into the show. Denise Kavallasskiz is a transformational love coach, speaker and international best-selling author. She is also a survivor and thriver of narcissistic abuse. Denise is the founder of Life After Narcissism: CSW Coaching: a global resource from victims of emotional abuse that offers support and coaching to women who are ready to break ties with the narcissistic abuse in past relationships. As a survivor of trauma in narcissistic abuse, Denise uses her real-life experience as a way to connect with others and teach love and support them in their healing journey. Denise's mission statement is to enhance the lives of survivors of abuse. Through the four core pillars of healing, we empower women to heal the trauma and awaken their true potential to create an extraordinary life after narcissism. She truly has a clear vision for seeing the spots that exist in every stuck situation and creativity to transform it. Denise has managed to come out of her own 22-year toxic relationship with a smiling face and a positive attitude, and now shows other women just like you how to do the same for themselves. I am so proud of you that you got out of a 22-year relationship and are now there helping and empowering other women. So with all that being said, Denise, welcome to the show. Hi, puppy. <laughs> Don't worry. It's Word of Mom Radio. cameos, dog cameos, we're okay with it.
2: I am so proud of what I've done, and it is my passion, Dory, to do this, to help women to not only see what the truth is, because I, for 22 years, I didn't know what was actually going on, and help them navigate through that and live an amazing life on the other side of emotional abuse.
1: I would really appreciate, if you're up to it, you sharing the story of what it took you to leave that 22-year abusive marriage and the father of your two kids. I would love to share. So
2: I married young. 19 is when we got together. And then 21, I was married. All I wanted was to have a family. I wanted to be in love and have kids and, you know, very domestic and do the whole domestic thing. So super happy when I was pregnant, and then I got pregnant again, and even through the two pregnancies, I went through trauma, which was, you know, in the first trimester of your pregnancy, you go to the doctor, and they check you for everything, make sure that you're healthy, the baby's healthy, well, my results came back as positive for an STD in my pregnancy, and then, so my son and daughter one year and a day apart, so I I didn't want to believe that He was cheating because I know I wasn't cheating. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to face the truth. So um, long story short, I pushed under the rug and went on with life. And then, like I said, my son and daughter a year and a day apart. So here comes the first trimester of the pregnancy again. My second child goes to the doctors, do the whole thing again, and it comes back positive again for the same exact STD. So this time I was like, okay, well what's going on and, and kind of delve into it a little bit. Still did not want to face the truth because I was a new mom, I was just married, I was having a family, I didn't want to face the truth of of clearly he is cheating. So with that one, this was pre-Google days, so yellow pages, remember those? <laughs> My best friend and I had called every gynecologist in the area and asked, where does this come from, where does this come from, where does this come from? And the answer was always the same. It's a third party, it's a third party, it's a third party. And I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to know that truth. So finally, somebody said, well, it's a bacteria, that blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, close close the yellow pages. We're done. That's where it comes from. And let's, I'm moving on with life, right? Take the antibiotics and be done with it. So that was 94 and years went on and years of emotional abuse. And by the way, just for the audience to know, like that is a form of sexual abuse, which I didn't know for the longest time. Again, when we think of abuse of relationships, we instinctively go to the physical part. When we think of sexual abuse, we instinctively go to uh, sexual assault, rape, which is true. There's other forms of sexual abuse, right? So And I didn't know that at the time. Anytime I was cheated on, sexual abuse, and and things like that. So fast forward to 2008. This was a pivotal time in my life. I now, prior to this, was a lot of drug use on his part, right? Me basically taking care of the whole, we, we had a business, taking care of the whole family, taking care of him, taking care of the business, holding us together as I viewed it and it was August 24th 2008 and that day I told him I'm done I want a divorce I can't take this anymore you know by that time we were married 17 yeah 17 years or something like that our kids were teenagers by then and that was the day that he attempted he thought it was a great idea to attempt suicide with our 14 year old daughter in the next room so that was a pivotal time Not only because that was the first time I had had ever gone through a a trauma that big, it was my kids, like I was seeing my kids go through this trauma, their dad, right? And no matter what I felt about him at the time, I I felt for my kids, they were seeing their dad this way. They were seeing me this way. Now, fast forward, so I couldn't leave him then, right? My kids were like, mom, please don't leave dad, don't leave dad, right? Try again. So try it again. So now two and a half years later, this brings us to 2011. Now during that period of time from 2008 to 2011, there was so much. Basically, because of his mental illness, he was more and more separated from his body, from his emotion to his body. We were more separated emotionally. Like it it was worse. It just got worse and worse. We were just, We were business partners by this time. We weren't sleeping in the same room. There was no connection, zero. We were just taking care of a family and taking care of a business. So obviously like, I was like, okay, well this isn't working. And my daughter came to me at the end of 2010 and she was like, mom, let's, I don't want to go to uh, college here in Florida. I want to go to college in North Carolina. And I was like, all right, let's go. Because this was, you know, not happening. So I made a plan for five months. But so she was graduating in, that following May, 2011. And I made a plan. So this is what I want. If anybody in your audience is, is going to do this and they want to plan, I, I get this question a lot. How did you do it? First, you got to make a plan. And you got to be very strategic in your plan. Make the plan. Set the date. Do the things to work your way towards this moving date to leave right you got to be a great actress because I had to put on front for him so he wouldn't find out anything and as we got closer and closer to the date well something happened before the actual date of the graduation and honestly I don't remember but I left earlier and went to my friend's house and by the time it was the graduation date our daughter's graduation we had already been separated and here's another thing about these relationships. Story. they're very, I know for me and, and maybe what we were talking about before, there's such a sexual attraction between the two people. So he shows up to the graduation, all that out, right? And I was still very sexually attracted to him. So the night, so I was leaving the next day after the graduation to come here to North Carolina. So this is South Florida to North Carolina. I see him, he, he shows up, we do the graduation. And the last night that we were together, before I left, we had sex, we had passionate sex. And my plans weren't going to change. I was still leaving the next day. And I remember writing a note to my, a letter to myself and saying, it was to myself, but it was toward him saying, I don't understand how we can be so in sync in some areas of our relationship but in others, we're so like apart. We just don't, nothing matches. So that was 2011. I did leave the next day, came here to North Carolina and less than three months later. So mind you, this is the first time that I'm financially on my own because these relationships are very codependent. And I was very dependent on him financially. First time that since I'm 19 years old, financially on my own. Pretty scary, even though I manifested $10,000 to leave. So I get here, and less than three months later, he starts the hoovering. Coming back around, he said so he started with our daughter first, because he knows. You get to the kids, you're going to get to me, right? They know. They know the gateway. They starts with our daughter. I love you. I miss you. Come back home. You belong here. Blah, 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 blah. Then my daughter coming to me, dad's sad. He misses us you know, the whole spiel, and then hoovering over me, saying we have 22 years together, we have a family, we can't let that history go away, you know, all the things, right? And like I was saying before, painting this picture of perfection, that when you come back, it's going to be this, no more that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, I promise, I promise, right? Pleading, I promise. So I fell for it because, like I said, I was scared to be on my own, especially in a different state. I came here with just my daughter and I. I had no family or anything. I'm my friends, but not my family. So I buckled and went back to Florida, passed up everything in North Carolina, went back to Florida. Everybody knows how the whole let's get back together scenario ends, right? Last lasts about five minutes, and I was like, holy crap, what did I do? Why did I come back? But it was good, looking back in hindsight, because it did give us, my daughter and I, closure, that this is never going, we're, we're never going to be a family again, the way that we were before, right? So I'm grateful for that time, but at the time, I was like, oh, i had to do it all over again. So that led to eight months, of being in Florida, it was eight months and then or five months, I don't remember. And then coming back here to North Carolina, which was 2012, which 2022 marks 10 years that I've been no contact, never looked back after that and rebuilt my life and live a completely different life. That's why my business name is Life After Narcissism, because it's the life that you can build after narcissism.
1: So that's how I left. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You know, uh, actually, I want that to sink in. So we're going to actually take a quick break. Say thank you to our sponsors. And we'll be back in just a moment here on Word of Mom Radio. Now on Blu-ray, the new movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog, the perfect gift for Valentine's Day. When Clifford grows 10 feet tall overnight, he and his friends are chased across the city in his brand-new movie adventure that critics are calling 100% fun for the entire family. Own Clifford the Big Red Dog on Blu-ray today and get supersized special features, including deleted scenes, movie-making magic, and much more, available at participating retailers, rated PG from Paramount Pictures. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business. To help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win So take a look at StadiumBags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio. We're with Denise Cavaloskis, and we're talking about life after narcissism. What a story. Seriously, and congratulations on 10 years
2: Mm -hmm. of being
1: out of this. So I want to go back because how, you know, I'm a single woman and we were talking before the show, I dated a narcissist who I broke up with four and a half years ago. This man continually tries to come back. You know, I've been fortunate. I tried to be his friend. It'll never work, you know, but I was fortunate that I never let him back into my life Mm -hmm. on a romantic level. Although I wanted to, because again, like you said, that sexual chemistry is crazy But I just refused. Yeah. The first time I thought, you know, love wins out. Here we go. After that first time, never made that mistake again. My feeling always was, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Exactly. And I wasn't going to be fooled twice.
3: Right. So
1: how do you know when you're dating a narcissist? How do you spot this? Ooh, good
2: question. There's so many telltale times.
1: So there's two
2: answers to this question for me. One is you can identify like the signs if you've gone through the healing process, right? Because if you haven't gone through the healing process, you're most likely going to get tricked into it because they're very good. They, they know how to put on the skin, the costume, the mask of what you have been seeking your entire life. So there's an energetic Calling between the narcissist and a lot of narcissists match up with empathic women or mm-hmm, empathic men match up with narcissistic women and so there's this energy and it's almost like a calling. So when you think of the energy like this, the narcissist is the taker, take 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 take, and the empath is the giver, give 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 give, and this is the match made in hell, right? One's the taker, one's the giver. So if you haven't gone through the healing process, you can still get tripped into this energy dance because the narcissist in the empath life represents somebody that they love, whether that be a parent or a parent that abandoned them, that they've always been seeking love from. Somebody in the past they represent. And so there's this inner child inside of us that is seeking and and wanting that love and attention from this person. But in actuality, it's the little girl in us or the little boy that's seeking the attention that we were trying to get when we were young from the parents or whoever raised us, whoever the narcissist was. Right? So I can give you all of the signs. They may hoard the conversation. They may flirt with the waitress. They may, you know, they may do this, they may do that, but, It's not going to help unless you go through the healing process to really in your soul recognize this and energetically pick up that this person is a narcissist or this person is toxic, right? Or sociopath or whatever. Because unless you go through the healing process, you could still be fooled again. And I've seen it time and time again, Dory. I've seen women come to me, marriages, marriages. After marriage, relationship after relationship, and they keep attracting a different version of the same person that they had in the past. And I always share, and I want everybody to hear this, there must be a healing process from the last relationship before you go into the next relationship. There has to be, because if the healing is not done Life is just showing us what we need to learn from. So if we don't go through the healing process that from the last relationship and we get into another relationship, like I said, it's just going to be a carbon copy of somebody else in different skin from the last person that you were with before, right? So how do you identify? The biggest way that I can share how to identify a narcissist is they're very controlling and manipulating. But you might not know that part of them until you're in the relationship right because then we have covert narcissism where they're very they're harder to detect their behaviors until you're like in a relationship when you're getting close to them when you're spending more time with them so to eliminate all of that BS so you don't waste any more time you don't waste another relationship or a proposal or a business deal or whatever go through the healing process specifically if this has been a cycle in your life a pattern or narcissistic abuse so that you never repeat this pattern again. And that's the key to it, is just go through the healing process so you never repeat it again. And then you spot them a mile away. And then when you spot them, A, you're not triggered. It doesn't bother you, right? You're just like, oh, I think that person is who they are. It is what it is. But you also don't engage with them. You don't interact with them. You don't form a relationship with them right? Whether that's a business relationship or personal friend relationship or anything, you know who they are and you know to stay clear. So that's the biggest message that I can say about what is a narcissist.
1: So when you talk about the healing process, how do you heal?
2: Well, like you were reading my bio, there's four core pillars to what I share with my clients on how to heal. Three of them I can't take credit for, wish I could, but They're not mine. They are from our great masters, Jesus, Blue, Krishna, all of those great masters who tested out the three keys to healing, which are self-love, forgiveness, and truth. Those are the three keys that they tested out on people from all over the world, self-love, forgiveness, and truth. The fourth one that I added is trust, to relearn how to trust yourself, because This is the biggest struggle that women tell me that they have. I mean, no wonder you were cheated on. You were lied to, right? You were tricked. You were tricked into thinking that this was the one, that he loved you. You were tricked into thinking like forever. So, of course, there's going to be trust issues when you come out of that. So, trust is the fourth core pillar that I share with my clients. And so, when you go through those four core pillars and you love yourself 100%, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it, when you forgive yourself and you forgive the past and the people in the past, right? And then when you can share your truth, because like what I shared with you about being pregnant and STDs, that was something that I was so ashamed of that I could barely write it on a piece of paper and fold it and hide it. Now I share that because that's my truth. There's no more shame around that. There's no more guilt around that. I don't blame myself for that anymore. And then trusting yourself. When you can trust yourself, then you can trust that I'm interacting with this person and I can see who they are for who they are. And I know that my trust is going to determine if this person is a fit for me or not. I have that inability within myself, the intuition and my gut feelings, and I'm following them. So those are the four core pillars. That's that's my way that I share healing with my clients.
1: How did you finally divorce a narcissist? How did you do it? Well, first I moved the three states away.
2: <laughs> that helped a lot because that gave me a sense of freedom that when I went to the store, I wasn't going to run into him or see him or his family or anything like that. So that gave me a sense of freedom. And here in North Carolina, you have to be separated with two different addresses for one year before you can even file for divorce. So it took me longer than that, Joy, because I was still holding on to the marriage, the last name, because it was the last piece that I had to the family that I always wanted my kids to have, right? Because one of the things that I never wanted my kids to have was a broken home. And what we fear, we draw near. And so I held on to the name for uh two, three, so three years when I only needed to do it for one year, three years, I held out and then finally got divorced. And what actually pushed me to do the divorce, which was non, no contestant or whatever they say was starting my business. Because somebody told me, Denise, if you start your business, he, he's your husband. He can, he could get half of it. So that was like, oh, he'll know. <laughs> I'm going to the court right now. So what I did, we're in two different states, obviously. So I went to the, the courthouse and I just filed for divorce. He got served papers in Florida. And, and then once that was done, there was a court date. I showed up. He didn't show up. I knew he wasn't going to show up. Uh, raised my right hand and went through the process and boom, done.
1: <laughs> awesome. So how do you cut the ties now with the toxic family members? Of this narcissist and everything, because I'm assuming they're blaming you because, you know, why would they blame their family member? Right. Yes. Yeah. And the narcissist always has
2: his or her flying monkeys, which is usually the family, right? The ones who are always um, sticking up to them, defending them, things like that. And yes, yeah, what's coming to my head is when I wrote my book, Empower the Woman Within, in one of those chapters, I had to talk about his family, which obviously are very toxic. And while I was writing about them, my anxiety, my anxiousness was coming up. And I even wrote in the book, like I'm getting anxious as I'm writing. So that was part of my healing process for them was to, okay, Denise, you're safe. You're okay. They're not gonna hurt you. They're not gonna touch you. They're not gonna be, you know, them toxic cells to you. It's okay. And then I worked through that. But the biggest thing is I moved away to not be with them. But for people who are listening who can't move away because maybe there's children or whatever, and you have to deal with a toxic family, how do you cut them off? Well, I see a lot of women who cut off their ex and the ex's family physically. They cut them off physically, but they're still energetically, those, those energetic cords haven't been cut. So that's what they have to do. They have to cut the energetic cords to those people which means you know when you can be in the same room with them and you're standing in your power and you feel confident and you're like you can't hurt me anymore those days are over and that's part of the healing process right because the healing process is when you love yourself there's a confidence that you have within yourself because you love all of you there's nothing nobody can say about you that you don't already know and that you're not you're like that doesn't hurt me anymore I'm not ashamed of that anymore. I love myself, right? And then forgiveness and truth because the truth is, is that I've been through X, Y, and Z. So no matter what truth the toxic relatives try to spew, I'm already standing in my truth. You can't hurt me anymore. There's nothing that you can say or do that's going to hurt me anymore. So there has to be the energetic cutting of the cords for the toxic people, which I
1: actually have a meditation for that. That's awesome. I thought you were going to share it. That's why I waited. Oh. (laughs) We'll have to have you back to do that. So as we're wrapping up, what do you want to leave us with about surviving and thriving after narcissistic abuse?
2: The first thing that I want to say is that you can do it. Anybody can do this. It just has to be that you want to do this. So there's a part of us that may want to be in our victim story and our victim energy. And we receive something from that, right? Cause that people feel sorry for us, but if you're ready to let all of that go so that you can build an amazing life for yourself, which so you can have, you have access to that right now, then I say, go through those healing pillars, Find somebody who's been through this that can help you, whether that be a therapist or a counselor or a mentor or a coach or whatever, whoever. Go through those four core healing pillars and during that process, be patient and kind with yourself. This is also one of the biggest things because when you've been through these types of relationships, we blame ourselves, right? We criticize ourselves. I hear women say all the time, I'm I'm so stupid. I didn't see it again. Why am I so stupid? I can't believe I'm so stupid. Or they say, I wasn't smart enough to X, Y, Z. So be patient and kind with yourself during this process because it, it is going to take a lot of patience and love and kindness to yourself. And when you have that for yourself, that's the energy that you put out and that's what you're going to receive back. With people, opportunities, and situations that are loving and kind and patient as well.
1: Denise, please let everyone know how they can reach out to you. Absolutely. So my website
2: is trueloveaftertoxiclove.com trueloveaftertoxiclove.com And on my website, they can reach me. I have all the social media links at the top to contact me. If they want to Uh, Find me on social media, Facebook, so Facebook.com forward slash Life After Narcissism. And I'm on Instagram, instagram Instagram.com forward slash Life After Narcissism underscore 111. And I'm on YouTube. (laughs) I'm everywhere.
1: All of Denise's links are going to be live on our wordofmomradio.com page and also on our blog talk page. Denise, thank you for sharing your journey. And again, congratulations on 10 years. Thank you. Being out of that toxic relationship, yeah. you know, it is not an easy thing to do, but it can be done. Yeah. And I am very proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm yeah. proud of the women out there that are striving for our yeah. You know? and and getting out of those because again, like you said at the beginning, people have this thing in their head about what abusive relationships are.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not always about the fact that you're getting hit. Yeah. Words hit harder than a fist. Yeah. Emotional abuse just breaks down so much of you. Yeah. You know, I, I again having dated a narcissist, I was like, man, if that guy had hit me one time, that'd have been it. Right that been it, there never would have been a second chance, you know, but those words that they use to make you feel like you can't, and, yeah, exactly,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and even though I was smart enough to never let him back in, I still tried to stay friends and mm-hmm. realized, you know what, that is never going to happen because mm-hmm. who you are is who you are and that's not what I want a friend to be. Right. You know, exactly. you can't be a friend if you can't be a friend to yourself. You can't be a friend to anybody else. And exactly. no narcissist is a friend to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they nice. have no capacity for any kind of friendship. Right. You know? So, thank you so much for being here and again, please come back.
2: Absolutely. Back thank you for coming.
1: Oh, it was absolutely our pleasure. <laughs> and these are things that people need to hear over and over and over again.
2: Yeah. And again, I agree. thank
1: you so much for being here and for all of you tuning in thank you for joining us we are going to close out with our fabulous scene song from smith sisters and the sunday drivers so till next time this is dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you bye for now she is sure
0: she is sure, she is strong she is strong she is true